This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review, heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing, making people's lives better. Good afternoon and welcome to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. I'm Libby Snymer. I'm just frustrated not being able to have control of my own life, not being able to make the decision for myself when enough is enough. It was a gut-wrenching video released this week, a plea by Dr. Donald Lowe, the man who guided us through the SARS crisis, for Canadians to legalize assisted dying. It was recorded just days before his own death from a brain tumor. Nearly every level of government reacted to Dr. Lowe's plea, and today we'll recap those reactions and figure out where the conversation goes next. Plus, are you looking to downsize from your current home? Many Zoomers are, but they also find going from a 2,000-square-foot house to a 900-square-foot condo doesn't fit their needs. So what should you be looking for? Today, I'll talk to Michael McCann, a real estate agent who specializes in working that transition, and Zoomer Magazine's Arlene Stacy. But first, here are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. A hepatitis C crisis is in the offing. That's the warning from experts who want expanded testing. The Canadian Liver Foundation recommends anyone born between 1945 and 1975 should be tested. Specialists believe a large number of Zoomers have been carrying the virus around for years and won't know it until they develop cirrhosis and liver cancer or suffer from liver failure. A liver specialist at Toronto General Hospital says most patients don't display any symptoms until their liver fails, usually in their 60s or later. Here's something to think about when you get frustrated with the millennials in your life and a reason those young people born after 1980 may be taking a little longer to leave the nest. In Britain, child psychologists have published new guidelines advising doctors to change the age of maturity. They say 25 is the new 18. That's based on recent findings relating to emotional maturity, hormonal development, and neurological activity. Laverne Antrobus, a child psychologist at London's Tavistock Clinic, says adolescence can be split into three stages. An early period between 12 and 14, a middle period between 15 and 17 years of age, and a new period called late adolescence from 18 to 25. He was a foodie long before the term was used, and he helped propel President's Choice into one of Canada's top brands. Loblaw's iconic TV pitchman Dave Nichol died this week at the age of 73. Many of the products he introduced are still on the shelves today, including the Memories of line of sauces and President's Choice decadent chocolate chip cookie, which turned 25 this year. He was behind the no-name category, which came out in 1978, as well as President's Choice, which debuted six years later and is still the country's top consumer brand. I'm Libby Snymer, and those are your Zoomer headlines from around the world. 
It's an issue that is always top of mind here at Zoomer Radio, and this week it shot to the top of the national agenda. There's a lot of opposition to it. A lot of clinicians have opposition to dying with dignity. I wish they could live in my body for 24 hours, and I think they would change that, change that opinion. That's Dr. Donald Lowe in a YouTube video recorded just eight days before he died of a brain tumor. This heart-wrenching plea for assisted dying had the desired effect, opening a serious debate among the public and politicians. Justice Minister Peter McKay delivered the official word that the Harper government does not want to reopen the debate. It uh, is a very slippery slope when one starts to contemplate the various scenarios and the range of circumstances in which people can find themselves. But Ontario Premier Kathleen Wynne says this video has captured people's attention and emotions and a discussion is going to happen whether the Conservative government wants it or not. The federal government may decide that it doesn't want to have the discussion, but the fact is that human beings are going to be having this discussion, and that is what Donald Lowe has put on the table. So it will be, I believe, a national discussion. However, there is one member of the Conservative Party who wants to talk about it, and he knows where from he speaks. Stephen Fletcher is Canada's first disabled MP and cabinet minister. He became a quadriplegic after a terrible accident at the age of 23. He differs with his party and supports assisted dying based on his own experience of suffering terrible pain for years. I reached Stephen Fletcher in his office on Parliament Hill. You know, as a quadriplegic... Uh, I have been down the road of uh, being fully conscious, but unable to move, on life support, unable to talk, or communicate, and a, in a very uh, painful situation. Yes, I support assisted suicide, but there needs to be safeguards so that nobody feels pressured to go down that road. You're disabled as a result of an accident. Um, if assisted dying had been available to you, do you think you would have chosen to do that? I was 23. I was uh, athletic. I had a promising career, a lovely girlfriend, and that disappeared in an instant with a collision with a moose. You can't sue a moose, so I, you know, I lost my friends. I was penniless. Uh, Really, the only support I had was my family and uh, basic health care and, and fights with my insurance company and uh, a future that uh, looked very bad. But I was 23. So I think that the fact that I was young um, helped me push through that period. To answer your, your question directly, when I look back at what those first few years were like, it's hard to imagine anything that I could do that would have made it worth it um, because it was just that terrible. And so the answer is, uh, if the option was available at that time, um, I probably would have uh, taken it. But what we're talking about here, I think, are people at the end of their life, probably in their 70s or 80s or 90s, who, um, you know, want to uh, die with dignity. Um, 
right now we could, um, without much difficulty, find examples of uh, elderly starving themselves to death, instances in hospitals or long care facilities where the, the morphine is cranked up just that little bit more to bring the end uh, faster and closer. So in some ways, um, we are allowing um, assisted suicide under the table or in sort of really terrible circumstances. Like to starve yourself to death is really un-Canadian, to say the least. And I I think we can find that balance. Some people are concerned about the slippery slope, particularly in the disabled community. I understand that. I empathize. But I don't think there is going to be a slippery slope. I think it's a, an issue of, uh, at the end of the day, of individual choice and uh, individual value. You have uh, broken with your party on this. Uh, Minister McKay just said that the government has no intention of reopening this. Are you hoping to change their minds? The government is not going to open this issue. Um, It is uh, getting a little bit more attention now because of Dr. Lowe's um, video, and I think that's good because people need to ask themselves about end-of-life issues. Do you have a living will? Do you have a patient care directive? Have you had these conversations with the people you love? You know, it's a heart-wrenching topic. Nobody wants to talk about their end or worse, the end of people they love, but it is the reality we all share. The situation we have now is where you have various levels of government. The province is saying it's a federal jurisdiction. Other people say, well, not entirely. The provinces can do something. And uh, in the midst of all this, the federal government, Minister McKay is saying, no way are we going to reopen it. So how do we move forward from a legal standpoint? There are uh, cases in front of uh, the courts. Uh, there's a case in B.C. There's action in Quebec. It's all going to end up in the Supreme Court, as the Sue Rodriguez uh, decision 20 years ago did. Last time it was 5-4 against uh, assisted suicide. Um, 20 years on, maybe uh, the decision will be different. But is this something that we should leave up to the courts? Uh, shouldn't this be a question of political will? Well, I suppose uh, you can make the uh, argument about the supremacy of Parliament versus the Charter of Rights and the Constitution, and we could uh, get into that and bore your listeners to tears. <laughs> uh, or what uh, we can talk about is what is probably... Uh, going to happen in reality, and that is it's going to go through the courts. The courts are going to come down one way or the other, and and then uh, uh, if there needs to be a change in the law, you know, there's uh, there has to be a change in the law. May I just say, when we go through this debate, I hope that as Canadians, regardless of what side we are on, that we can deal with this issue with empathy, compassion, love, hope, and mercy. That is a wonderful thought, and I thank you very much. Thank you. 
We'll be following this story closely, and we want to know what you think. Email us at zwir at zoomerradio.ca. I'm Libby Zneimer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. On to a much lighter subject, downsizing. What do you need to look for when it's time to sell the family home? I'll be joined by real estate specialist Michael McCann and Zoomer Magazine's Arlene Stacy after the break. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing, making people's lives better. Well, the fall real estate season is in full swing now, and for many Zoomers, that means it's time to be in the process of downsizing from that big family home. There are a lot of things to consider when you're embarking on this process. There's an excellent article in this issue of Zoomer magazine, and with me I have Arlene Stacy, the managing editor of the magazine, and Michael McCann, an expert in Zoomer real estate. Arlene, what are the first steps that somebody should take in the process of downsizing? I think the most important thing for everyone is to think about how you're living now and how you're going to be living 10 years from now. Downsizing shouldn't be forced upon you because of a medical issue. It should be something that you're looking forward to. You are downsizing, but you're not stepping down in style. So you should be looking for the home that suits your lifestyle. Maybe you don't need to have four or five bedrooms anymore. Maybe you don't need a full basement. You just want to make your house cleaning chores a little smaller, maybe less work around the house outside. And you should start thinking about it now. What is it that's important to you and your lifestyle? Okay, and you should also think of it going forward. You should think about what happens if you end up with medical challenges. Uh, Michael, do people usually consider that? How do you kind of think ahead to what might befall you? You know, we may need some more accessibility, such as, you know, stairs may be an issue. Looking at that, you know what, you really want to take advantage while you still have your health to make those decisions. Do you find that a lot of people look for a bungalow type thing where everything is on one floor? The one thing everybody asks, I'd like a bungalow, but I want a ranch bungalow in Toronto. It doesn't (laughs) exist. Arlene, how often is it that it's not just that you're downsizing your home, but you're really looking to change your neighborhood? Exactly. It happens with a lot of people. When you change your neighborhood, we would really highly recommend that you rent first so that you can get to know that area very well. A lot of people think that staying at the cottage um, for an extra several months out of the year would be a perfect situation. The point of fact is, once all the boats are in and the towns have gotten quiet, it may not be the place where you want to live. So you might try renting in an area for a year just to get the feel of what the lifestyle is, what the uh, social network is like, and make your decision then. What about people who say, okay, the kids are gone, we want to move from the suburbs to downtown. Do you think they need to test out downtown life, whatever that means, or midtown life? It's an incredible a change in terms of lifestyle. You know, you're moving from having a backyard, you know, you have you know, parking, you, you, you literally have a little more independence. Now you're working at almost like a collective if you're moving into a, a condo. And also there are condo bylaws. So you're now going to have rules apply that you didn't have in your home. Try it on for a size to see whether, you know, is this for me? What kind of things should you be looking for in terms of design okay. and layout of a place? Right. Well, the, the hallways should be wide so that if you or your relatives who come to visit you are using scooters or motorized vehicles, they're wide enough that they can handle that, that there's no lip in the doorway, 
so that you have unencumbered entrance to that. Um, you said something earlier about stairs and whether people want just simply bungalows. If you do like a two-story house, take a look at the structure of the house to see if it could handle either a chair that moves up and down the, the stairwell or even possibly an elevator. You said that there is often a problem that people downsize too small. Correct. They, you have to have a room so that somebody can come and visit you. You're always going to have company, whether it's your children, visit, p- visitors from out of town, if you've moved away from where your family home was. It would be nice if they could have a bathroom ensuite into their bedroom and that you had your own ensuite as well, just so you had a bit of privacy. Also, you've got to make double duty so that that guest room can also do work for you for your hobbies, for painting, train sets, whatever your hobby is, you've got some space to lay that out, and it doesn't have to be on the dining room table. And if you don't have the hobby now, you might be picking one up. Exactly. Thank you so much, Michael McCann and Arlene Stacy. Thank you. Thank you. You can find Arlene's article on downsizing in the October issue of Zoomer magazine on newsstands now. I'm Libby Snymer, and this is the Zoomer Week in Review. Rock and roll pianist Jerry Lee Lewis is celebrating his 78th birthday. In just a moment, we'll remember some pioneering rock and roll tunes and his infamous marriages. You're listening to the Zoomer Week in Review, brought to you by Chartwell Seniors Housing, making people's lives better. Welcome back to the Zoomer Week in Review, all things Zoomer worldwide. It's time for your international arts date book. Tips for those of you who are jetting around the world. Here's Jane Brown. In New York City, TV and film star Tom Skerritt stars in the stage adaptation of John Grisham's legal thriller, A Time to Kill. I haven't done Broadway before, so this is a nice challenge for me, and i, I got to tell you, that's what I love. A Time to Kill is in previews beginning this weekend at the John Golden Theatre. To London, England, where you can take a trip back in time to relive the 80s through fashion. Club to Catwalk is at the Victoria and Albert Museum and also features magazines of the time that captured the look of London fashion and introduced it to the world. And in Berlin, see the buildings of the more than 500 Jewish architects who lived and worked in Germany before 1933. The open-air exhibition takes place at 26 locations until the end of November. I'm Jane Brown, and that's the International Arts Date Book. That's the music of Jerry Lee Lewis. The pianist is celebrating his 78th birthday today. Lewis was a pioneer of the rock and roll sound and one of Sun Records' biggest stars. He's also considered one of rock and roll's first wild men, known for his crazy antics on stage and off. In 1958, his marriage to Myra Gale Brown made headlines around the world. Not only was she his first cousin once removed, but she was also only 13 years old. As a result, Lewis was blacklisted from American radio and his music career came to a halt. In the mid-1960s, he came back to popularity as he turned away from rock and roll and began singing country ballads. In 1986, the music industry seemed to forgive his past and he was one of the first members inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. In 1989, Dennis Quaig portrayed Jerry Lee Lewis in the film Great Balls of Fire, 
spawned an entirely new generation of fans. Right now, we'll hear the title track of that film and one of Jerry Lee Lewis's biggest hits. Here's Great Balls of Fire. You shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much love drives a man insane. You broke my will, a bullet of three. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. I let you love what I thought it was funny. Goodness gracious, great balls of fire. That was Jerry Lee Lewis with Great Balls of Fire. The controversial rock and roll pianist is celebrating his 78th birthday today. And that brings us to the end of another edition of the Zoomer Week in Review. I'm Libby Snymer. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you'll come back next week when we catch up with the man who invented the 100-mile diet. You've been listening to the Zoomer Week in Review. Produced by MZ Media Limited. Executive producer, Moses Snyder. Produced by Paul Thomas. Program director, John Bandry. This has been an exclusive podcast of the Zoomer Week in Review. Heard every Sunday at noon on AM 740 Zoomer Radio. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network. Home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air and The Garden Show.